TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Comet and Cupid and Dahmer and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? It's Hardline, our number two. Here on News Radio 930 WBEN, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you for 53 more minutes. And then you can start pre gaming, right? Yes, if you haven't already. Uh, you right. Red, white, and blue already, Joe. That's right. I am I, ready. Um, you got to change that shirt, put on I, a Bill shirt. I have to. Well, don't worry. Bill, my, my uh, Tremaine Edmonds jersey will be um, on in, transla- course, in transition. It has the uh, Vatek connection, of course. Oh, of course. Every he, Bill's jersey I have is a Vatek connection. So you had uh, Tyrod? Had Tyrod. Um, almost got a Cam Phillips, but now he's moving to the XFL. So, you know, we'll, we'll roll. Bruce Smith, obviously. I mean, that's your go-to. Of course. Pearson Prelude. Another solid oh, Bills player. Former receiver. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't get a lot of uh, praise, but he was great uh, with the Big East with Virginia Tech. But I digress. On the text board, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, the Bills game is going to be on TV. The professor doesn't have, have a, TV. a right. TV with local uh, antenna. Professor, if you're listening, you can get one for like 12 bucks. And the, <laughs> the picture... <laughs> On antennas now are as good as cable, if not better. What a difference. Back in the day, if you only had antennas, you had to put tinfoil on it to try to get any kind of reception. Before, before my your time. time. <laughs> yeah. Before you were to say that, Joe, I thought I'd say it. But speaking of the professor, there was a quick hour, Joe. That- professor Nyhazel was excellent. Very, very uh, thoughtful and uh, very interesting information. And I'm so happy that he was in uh, with us for the first hour. I am too, but I'm delighted to welcome our second hour guest. And before I say uh, I bring you on, Congressman, I just want to say, as I said in the first hour, Congressman Brian Higgins might be the most accessible politician to media in Western New York. And I think everyone should have the right to know that you want uh, Congressman Higgins. He will try in every way to get on. So, Congressman Brian Higgins, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on board, Congressman Higgins. And of course, you are the representative in New York 27, or excuse me, New York 26, serving since 2005. And, and Congressman, I imagine things have never been quite as hectic as they are right now with the impeachment proceedings moving ahead. What's your view of what might happen uh, starting tomorrow? Well, I mean, there has been, uh, I think, very uh, compelling, uncontested uh testimony uh, by professional diplomats and national security uh, professionals uh, that the president uh, abused his power by leading a conspiracy uh, to solicit a bribe from a foreign leader uh, in exchange for a personal political favor. That is inviting foreign interference into a presidential election that has not yet occurred. These are the very things that Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, James Madison were so concerned about in establishing Article I that dealt with the presidency of the United States. 
Article 2, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, a constitution that, upon taking office, I swear allegiance to support and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Article 2, Section 4 says that the president shall be removed from office on impeachment for treason, bribery, and high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, The president's solicitation of a bribe from the president of Ukraine in exchange for personal political favors is a bribe. That is a federal crime, and that is an impeachable offense. Where is the evidence of a bribe? Well, the the evidence of a bribe is very clear. We know that um, from the edited summary of a phone call that occurred on July 25th, and this was an edited summary that was edited by the White House itself. The President of the United States offers the Ukrainian President, President Zelensky, javelin anti-tank missiles, a White House meeting, and the release of $391 million in military assistance in exchange for the President of Ukraine to open and to announce on American uh, cable television an investigation of his political advisor. Now, <clears throat> where's the evidence? Um, Ambassador Gordon Sondland, who was a million-dollar contributor to President Trump, testified that they, Trump, Pence, Pompeo, Giuliani, and Mulvaney, were all in on the scheme. And career diplomats like William Taylor, uh, like uh, Alexander uh, Vindman, and uh, many others, uh, confirm uh, uh, Sondland's uh, testimony to this fact. Uh, so if you, if you look at what's occurred over the past you know, several weeks, you, there is no defense of the substance of what the president is alleged to have done. What members of Congress have done, they've tried to uh, they've attacked the process, and they're attacking you know, career diplomats. In, in the case of William Taylor, his service goes back you know, almost 50 years under nine administrations, including both Democrats and Republicans. William Taylor was the chief diplomatic officer at the United States Embassy in Ukraine. But William Taylor didn't. Let me just finish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he, he was he was he was in retirement and was asked by Mike Pompeo, the secretary of state and a, a Trump appointee to come back and take that position. And he confirmed that this something-for-something conversation had, in fact, occurred. But he didn't hear the phone call, and Ambassador Sondland (laughs) said himself that he assumed that it was for it was for the money, that all this stuff was for the release of the funds. And by the way, the funds were released without any of the things you mentioned happening. Well, look, you know, the president only obeyed the law when he got caught trying to break it. Uh, That's what occurred here. It was very clear that there were people who, you know, were aware of the phone conversation and the transcript itself. I mean, it's, it's, it's literal. Uh, the transcript itself was released. And then you had the acting uh, chief of staff for the president, McMulvaney, former member of Congress, basically go on national television and acknowledge that that occurred and it happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. 
uh, bribery is a is a federal crime and it's an impeachable offense explicitly in the United States Constitution. Well, Congressman, what would you say to folks who say it's all hearsay, it's not admissible in court, and that uh, Gordon Sondland did not say it was quid pro quo? I mean, we're hearing all these different sides saying different things. Where does the truth lie? Well, the truth lies in the in the, in the edited transcript uh, of the phone call that occurred on July 25th. It is explicit that the president of the United States was soliciting a bribe in exchange for the Ukrainian president to commence with and announce uh, an investigation of his political rival. That is inviting uh, uh, foreign interference into a presidential election of 2020. What is the difference between what President Trump is accused of doing and what Vice President at the time, Biden, was bragging about doing when he wanted a certain prosecutor fired? Well, I'm not familiar with the detail of that uh, Biden effort. What I am familiar with is what the president did, and it's 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 been confirmed uh, by career diplomats. And as I said before, uh, the members, his 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 colleagues in the United States Congress, have done him no favors. If there is a defense of what is alleged to have done, it has to be presented, and if it is not. Um, you know, why is he avoiding testifying before Congress? Why is he keeping uh, Mulvaney, uh, Pompeo, uh, John Bolton, Mike Pence, why is he keeping them from appearing before Congress and testifying to uh, what they knew and what they didn't know about this, uh, this phone call? Congressman, you've mentioned uh, a couple of times about the information being edited, the report. How do you mean well, it's, it's, it, was, it was characterized by the White House itself. So in other words, uh, the White House edited this report and acknowledged that they edited it. Uh, the problem is the information relative to the solicitation of a bribe is still in there. Uh, so that was presented. They should, they should submit uh, the full uh, transcript of the phone call, not an edited version. You know, I, you know, Congressman, it's hard to imagine people are outraged uh, about this, about what President Trump did. Some people are outraged about it. And yet people, I think, are also outraged by what appears uh, Joe Biden did with his son, Hunter. I, I guess never the twain shall meet. How do you reconcile all of this? And people, I think, are really disgusted by politics on both sides. Well, there's no allegation that that uh, Vice President Biden had had broken the law with he and or his son. I can't defend that. I cannot defend that. What I look at specifically is the facts as they relate to this situation. And Article 2, Section 4 of the United States Constitution is very, very clear that, uh, as I stated before, the president shall be removed from office on impeachment for treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, That is a very, that's a federal crime. That's an impeachable offense. And it's a very serious matter, and uh, it has to be focused uh, on that specific uh, action that the president took. If he didn't take it, defend yourself. Um, There is ample evidence from, as I mentioned, career diplomats and national security officials of what had, in fact, occurred. These people don't have a political agenda. Uh, They have served under both Republican and Democratic administrations. 
Congressman Higgins, do you understand where people have a hard time following this impeachment or believing this is all about a Ukraine phone call when the Democrats in Congress have been calling for impeachment since Election Day 2016? I think you know, the, the, the Democratic leadership in the House was reluctant. I think that this this situation with Ukraine uh, has really changed things. And I think you've had very clear, compelling, and damaging uh, information uh, testified to uh, by career diplomats and national security officials, again, that are, you know, they're, they're, they're nonpartisan. These, these folks are, are career uh, uh, professionals that have uh, that have served under both Republican and Democratic administrations. Look, I think that look, it's confusing. You had a situation with the Mueller report, which you know I thought Mueller did a disservice to the country. I think you know if he didn't have the stomach uh, to do you know the report, he should have taken the responsibility on in the first place. But in that report, there are eleven and potentially twelve areas of likely obstruction of justice. But, you know, if you read his reports, 448 pages throughout it, probably 15 times, he says nobody's above the law and then makes reference to a 1973 Department of Justice memo that says a president cannot be indicted. He basically said, here, Congress, you deal with this. Um, so I think that, yeah, there's a lot of confusion because, uh, you know, there's media saturation. Uh, people are, you know, they're covering the, the theatrics of it as well, and that is when members of Congress who should go and participate in the Intelligence Committee uh, to rigorously question witnesses, to listen to the testimony, as opposed to saying that a process that they are they themselves are welcome to participate in uh, is not fair. Uh, they're following this to the letter of the law. But Congressman, when Mueller was asked if the investigation was obstructed, he said this. The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired with the Russian government in its election interference activities. At any time of the investigation, was your investigation curtailed or, curtailed or stopped or hindered? Uh, no. So he said in his testimony that no one got in the way of his testimony. Yeah. What, what, I think that the context of bringing up the Mueller report is that Things change when the call with the Ukrainian president uh, was made public by the whistleblower complaint and then was testified to by uh, diplomats, our chief diplomatic officer uh, in Ukraine, uh, who, who you know was head of the U.S. embassy there. Uh, that changed things dramatically. But if you look at the Mueller report uh, as well, uh, there are many instances, at least 11 and potentially 12, where there is a likely... Uh, obstruction of justice. It had nothing to do specifically uh, with with Russia, but had everything to do with uh, who the president, what the president said to certain people relative to uh, undermining uh, that investigation. Congressman, why in um, 2017 did you vote against tabling impeachment uh, against the president in 2017? What was that? In 2017, you were one of 58 nays when Congress voted to table impeachment discussions of Donald Trump. What was the reason for that? Well, the reason was I didn't think it should be tabled. I thought that that should be on the table because at the time, uh, the president was not cooperating with the special prosecutor. And uh, Congress has a constitutionally mandated 
responsibility to provide oversight. And you can't provide oversight unless you have an administration that is allowing uh, officials that are the subject of that investigation to appear before Congress and documentation that's relative and uh, important to the investigation. Uh, so the idea was to strengthen Congress's hand because we have now seen what the administration does. Uh, they continue to uh, demonstrate contempt for Congress. Uh, these things go into uh, federal court to be adjudicated. And, uh, and you know, the, the results uh, from those uh, court hearings are often delayed. You know, Congressman, I want to bring it back to today. And uh, as a matter of fact, just recently, um, the unemployment rate, they said, according to economists, has fallen to 3.5 percent, the lowest since 1969. And yet impeachment proceedings are moving ahead with the economy booming. Do you think the average American cares about what's happening with this Ukraine probe and the impeachment process? How do you reconcile this with the leadership of, leadership, excuse me, of President Trump? Yeah. First of all, look, it's good that the economy is growing. And presidents, when the economy grows, they take credit for it, uh, as they should. And because when it goes into recession, they get blamed for it. Uh, the fact of the matter is we've had uh, 24, 124 consecutive months of economic growth for over 10 years. The president didn't make this economy. He inherited it. Uh, you know, we just hope that presidents don't screw it up. Um, but, you know, the trade deficit has increased by 12% since he's been president. Uh, he's added $3 trillion to the national debt. Um, the federal budget will, uh, will be in deficit a uh, trillion dollars a year for the next uh, five years at least. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, look, the economy is doing well, and the economy, we're, we're the greatest, largest economy in the history of the world, and uh, the economy is 70% consumption. So the American consumers are really the job creators by the demand that they create an economy. I'd like to see it grow beyond 2%. Uh, the pre- president promised 4% growth. Uh, we're at about 2%. We can do much better than we're doing right now. I know you talk to your constituents uh, on a regular basis and uh, come back to Western New York and, and fly back and forth to Washington, um, but are always in touch with your constituency in the 26th District. Have you talked to any business owners who are mitigating tariff costs? Yeah, we often, you know, when there is a, a threatened tariff, uh, you know, we hear from various businesses that would be adversely impacted by that, whether they make headgear, uh, you know, or, or some kind of clothing or some manufacturing that's part of the uh, complex uh, uh, chain of, of, of manufacturing between countries. Uh, so we regularly, uh, you know, hear from these constituents. Uh, I have been before the Federal Trade Commission to testify on their behalf, and uh, we are very aware of, of what's going on out there and, and trying to help mitigate whatever damage may be caused by the imposition of, of a tariff, uh, not only individual businesses, but individual business sectors. You know, the manufacturing economy in the United States right now is in recession. Uh, it's it's a big piece. It's not as big a piece as it once was 50 years ago, but we still make things. Not as much as we consume, but we still make things, and that's a, you know, that's a cause for concern. Are you picking up some of the slack from NY27 since Chris Collins resigned? Are you helping in that regard as well? I, I'm trying. You know, I, I, it, there was uh, there was some flooding problems along the Lake Erie shoreline, 
in Hoover Beach in, in, in uh, the 27th Congressional District. Uh, you know, we're doing our best to, to, to represent uh, folks so, so that they still have access uh, to uh, departments within the federal government. We take a lot of constituent calls, and we're glad to, to, to lend a hand to try to help out. Uh, I have a great staff. They're, they're very intent uh, on constituent service, and uh, we'll help anyone in the calls, regardless of what district they live in. Congressman Higgins, I do have one more impeachment question for you. Uh, one of your colleagues, Michigan Representative Brenda Lawrence, said that she sees no value in impeachment with it being so close to an election. Now, she joins a few other Democrats who say they won't vote for impeachment. They would like to see a censure. What do you say to those colleagues on your side of the aisle who are now kind of going against impeachment? Well, there's 435 members of Congress. I, I sense that the vast majority uh, will will support supported the impeachment inquiry. And this is a process that's begun. Uh, articles of impeachment will be drawn up this week. We'll be able to review them. And uh, then it goes to the Senate. And the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court will provide preside uh, over the Senate uh, impeachment. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think, look... The bottom line here is, you know, uh, there's three reasons in the United States Constitution for impeachment. Treason, bribery, and, uh, and uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. And if a president tried to solicit a bribe from another foreign leader, uh, that, is, that is a federal crime and it's an impeachable offense. Do you agree with Congressman Al Green that if you don't impeach the president, he might get reelected? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean... The events for which we will remember the 2020 presidential election have probably not occurred yet. And I always look back to 2016. Everybody, every political you know, pundit, uh, right, left, and center, uh, said that there's no way that Donald Trump could be elected president. He was elected president. So everybody was wrong. So I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see what uh, this process uh, produces. And I think, you know, the bottom line here is I, I, I just want you to know something. I'm an American. And uh, there is no joy in any of this. These are very, very severe, um, severe charges with severe consequences. And the nation is hurting right now. We are a divided nation without question. Um, I just think that we should all, as Americans, want to get to the truth. And if, if impeachment is justified, it, it, it has to be clear and compelling. And, and you know, the, the charges... They can't go uncontested. You have to challenge uh, what's being said, and there's a factual basis from which uh, I think all Americans will look to, uh, to toward the goal of finding a, you know, a final answer in all of this. But with all, with all that said, uh, Congressman, and I do believe you, I, I don't. I think there's probably other things that need to be done in Congress. I know there's other things, but you you do at least see where Americans who have heard impeach 45 have heard things like this from Democrats in Congress. And when your son looks at you and says, mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And no. I said, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother I, I mean, there have been calls for his impeachment since Election Day 2016. Do you at least understand where some people have, or have questions that all of a sudden, after three years of talks, this Ukraine call comes up? And now that's what you're going to impeach on. Yeah, look, I mean, individual members are going to have their opinions uh, about the president. Uh, people have different styles. Some people yell and scream and jump up and down. 
I try to be thoughtful in my approach. I try to be uh, take into consideration fact, not rhetoric, uh, that is unsubstantiated. And uh, in, in that regard, I just want to make a responsible decision on behalf of the 725,000 people I represent. Um, you know, I didn't go to Congress to change the world. I, I, I went to Congress to change my community. And I think we've, we've you know, we've had a, a beneficial uh, impact in, in what's happened in Buffalo. It's certainly not any one individual, but it's a, it's a group effort. And I think Buffalo is experiencing, uh, uh, you know, an uptick in, in how it feels about itself. Uh, we're not nearly where we need to be, but we're not where we used to be. And, you know, I take very seriously my responsibilities. And, you know, the most important branch of, 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 of the federal government is Congress. The most important branch of Congress is the House of Representatives because it's closest to the people. And, you know, you should be able to, you know, really understand and, and feel, you know, what this, this place is all about. And, you know, I want a, a, a healthy community because I grew up in one. And I want that you know, for everybody. And that's what I do in, in, in Congress. And I just I want to get to the truth and I want to do the right thing on behalf of uh, the people you know, that support me and uh, that vote for me. And that's my that's my only motivation. And Congressman, you know, obviously we have disagreements, but I have to say I do always appreciate how accessible you are to the local media. We do appreciate you coming on this show and we hope it's not your last appearance. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much, Congressman Brian Higgins, NY26, joining us. And Joe, it's time for a news break. 1130 with Neil McManus. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.